mother gives you Don't do anything at all Go ask Alice When she's standing Hey, this is Robert Mitchell at High Tide in the Dreamtime, and I'm actually uh, piggybacking a podcast on what I made earlier today because it was a little backed up because of technical difficulties. This one is going to be called Psychedelics Are Not a Magic Pill. And it's a really important episode because in the culture... And also in, in the people that I'm working with, people seem to think that just taking psychedelics are going to change the direction of their lives, the ways that their psyches have functioned up to this point in their lives, just by taking psychedelics. And the naivete of this is pretty profound in thinking this. I know that even organizations like MAPS, which is the Multiple Dysonary Association of Psychedelic Studies, really believes that when there's a critical mass of psychedelics usage, when enough people have taken psychedelics, that's going to create some kind of spiritual revolution in the world. And that's kind of naively had been tested in the 1960s, uh, when people were using psychedelics in mass. And the only way to use psychedelics in a way that are transformational are if they're used in a way that's thoughtful and introspective and profound and acknowledges the possibility for real transformation of oneself. And the reason that psych- you can't do this just by using psychedelics is because psychedelics require a lot of determination for change. They require a lot of energy to change direction in how you perceive and experience and think and encounter your environments. And it is nothing like a passive experience. It is not a pain reliever. It's not aspirin. It's not an opioid. It's not going to mask the problems that people have up to this point in their life and make them go away. Because what psychedelics do is for a controlled period of time, they will disassemble the structures of someone's ego, which have been constructed mostly as a defense mechanism against their environment, which has been mostly designed to inform them of the limitations of their understanding. That's what everybody's life is founded on. Now, 
the limitations of one's understanding, both about themselves and about the experience of being alive, can be transformed into more profound states, into a more profound understanding. But that can only be done with enormous amounts of effort. There are so many people traveling down to the Amazon and doing ayahuasca and thinking that they're going to come back different people. There are so many people who are doing psilocybin and thinking that after one or two or three experiences, they're going to be different people. And I know this because they come to me with that belief and with that hope. And the best you can do in working with psychedelics is approach them with the humility of your limited understanding and your determination to apply what you experience when that limitation is lifted for a while or unburdened for a while and you are allowed to see things in yourself that you thought were static and standard in your experience and you realize that they're just circumstantial and they're choices. And if one thinks that when the impact of the psychedelics wears off, they're going to stay with them, that the insights are going to stay with them without an enormous effort, without an enormous discipline, without an enormous determination, they're wrong. Psychedelics do not work for everybody. They work for people who are determined to change. They, are, they work for people who are determined to think and act differently than how they've previously behaved and thought. So, if people think that by taking psychedelics, it's a medicine that's going to make them different from how they usually are, they're wrong. I've worked with several people who've had the most profound mystical insights into themselves and their origins and the nature of reality. And because they went back to their habits, to their conditioned states afterwards, nothing changed. And their despair actually got worse because they were able to view themselves differently, to think differently, to look at, look at their origins of their experience differently, and then they weren't able to do anything about it because their habits were so ingrained. 
Because basically what's going to happen during a profound psychedelic experience is the structure of your ego is going to become disassembled. It's kind of like taking your house apart and putting it and stacking everything to the side and taking the walls down and putting the roof somewhere and laying everything down on the land and being like, oh, here's the land that everything's built on. And the house is this artifice that's been created by people, in, in this case, me or you, that's created this architecture. And some of it's been voluntary and some of it's been involuntary. And it's there for a reason and it served the purpose of protecting the person who's arranged themselves that way. But if somebody thinks that that house isn't going to rearrange itself at the end of their experience over minutes and hours and days and months, they are wrong. Anybody who thinks that is wrong. Anybody who's a psychedelic enthusiast that thinks one or two experiences with psychedelics or 10 experiences or 100 experiences will change them without their own determination and discipline and desire for things to be different and their vigilance about not letting things reappear that have been there for decades is naive. I've worked with people who wept with gratitude for what they experienced during psychedelic experiences because they thought it was so life-changing. And then they didn't really do anything afterwards to make their lives different, to make their day-to-day -day experience different. They didn't use their vitality and their discernment and their discipline to change things and things went right back to how they were before they had those experiences. And here's another thing that all of the psychedelic proponents aren't willing to tell people, which is that psychedelics don't work for everybody. There's a certain amount of the population that isn't going to be able to make changes, that isn't going to be able to arrest the momentum of their choices in consciousness without an extraordinary amount of intervention. So if they don't have a kind of discipline like meditation or yoga or therapy where they can hold themselves accountable for how they're thinking and how they're processing their environment and how they're experiencing themselves, psychedelics won't work. I'd say it's 20 to 25% is the number. 
of people that psychedelics wouldn't make a significant change for, that they're not a miracle medicine. There has to be personal motivation involved in this. There has to be a willingness to submit to a discipline and a determination to carry it through for people to change. I always tell a story of the, I went to an ayahuasca ceremony. It was one of a few, not many. And I've told this on the podcast before, and the first person I ran into was standing on the porch of the house smoking, which I thought was odd. I thought maybe maybe they're here to stop smoking. It's a good reason to be here, I guess. And I said, whoa, well, have you ever been to one of these before? And the guy was like, oh, yeah. And I said, really? How many? And he said, oh, at least 100. And I think about, yeah, and I looked at him and said, it's still smoking, huh? If you go back, if one goes back, if I go back to the way things were before I had the experience, nothing will change. It'll just be a memory, a phantasm. If people don't have discipline, which is how a lot of people get into trouble, because they don't have a psychological discipline about how they, what they're willing to experience and how they're willing to experience things, then they will just go back to their flabby ways, their flabby, thoughtless ways. And psychedelics will just become another miracle cure that don't contain a miracle. They'll just become another thing that people do that doesn't change them. It is a very dangerous time for psychedelics because there's a lot of people getting involved with them and getting excited about them and wanting to give them to people and wanting to have wanting to be doctors, I guess, who don't realize the amount of mental determination that's required for them to work. That don't require the amount of vitality that has to be applied to changes afterwards. That are turning it into another high, another disassociation. And until people realize that they have to apply discipline afterwards to make sure that the changes stick and that they go forward from what they've learned, psychedelics aren't going to work. They are not the way. The Tao is the way. They're a tool. 
like a microscope or a telescope that allows you to see things that ordinarily are beyond your capacity to perceive in your normative state. They amplify things that are below the threshold of consciousness, the reasons that we are the way we are. And, the poss- and they show the possibility of how we might be if we no longer employ those habits of thinking. And there is every one of, for every one of us an us beyond those habits and beyond what William Blake called the mind-forged manacles, which are the only way that we're willing to experience ourselves. You know, I sometimes have people come to me and saying, well, I've never used psychedelics, and they're in their 60s or 70s, and they can be really successful people, and some of those people don't need them because they've lived lives that have been successful that they're satisfied with. And for other people, they haven't really questioned the fundamentals of who they are. And both kinds of people can benefit from them. That's the funny thing. But they have to have the humility to know that an effort has to be put forth with the information that they're going to be provided. Because if they don't have the discipline to make the effort, there's going to be very little benefit. So a lot of times, high achievers do really well with these experiences because high achievers are motivated to succeed. You know, I I tell a story. It's a funny story. My dog, before he died, he would get seizures. And I read an article about how CBD biscuits would uh, stop his seizures. And this was a time before uh, marijuana was legal in California, so you had to get a license for it. So I remember walking into this clinic and I walked in this clinic of all these people who were seeking licenses for marijuana, and I, I looked, at, there were about 40 people in there, and I thought to myself, you people don't need marijuana. You people need exercise. And psychedelics are the same. People don't need to passively be taking psychedelics thinking they're going to change them. That's how antidepressants work. That is not how psychedelics work. Psychedelics go, okay, so here's all the information you've had up to this point about yourself. Here's some more. How are you going to experience yourself now that you've been provided more knowledge about how and why you are the way you are? And how people react to that says a lot more about them and their character and the quality of person that they are than it says about how well I do my job. Because I know when I'm working with people, I want to be 
as non-interventionist as possible because people have such a capacity to experience the most profound depths in themselves. And that is never provided by me. That's because we're all designed for that. Every single one of us, every person you know, no matter how realized or asleep, possesses that same capability. And it's all a matter of how they utilize it. So for me, trusting that in each person, trusting their capacity, rather than making it seem as though I'm some magician or shaman who makes them able to do that, other than providing them in a safe, supportive environment where they don't have to worry about the things that they usually worry about, that are usually a distraction from the most profound parts of themselves. We all function at such a profound level and we're informed about ourselves at such a profound level through our dreams, through our relationships, through our conflicts, through our illnesses. The most profound levels origin of consciousness and information are available to every single one of us. And psychedelics don't make those any more available. They're just a way to make them available. Just like consciously breathing is, or meditating, or yoga, or extraordinary creativity. These are all avenues to the self. And to think that if enough people use psychedelics, I'd say if, you know, if 10 people use psychedelics without a focused intention and without support, I'd say two of them are really going to benefit from it. And that might just be luck. That might just be dumb luck. Could be fate. But psychedelics, whether it's LSD or psilocybin or MDMA or DMT or 5-MeO DMT, are not magic pills. Everyone has to bring into the world what they realize. Everyone has to bring into their behavior and their thinking what they were shown afterwards. And if they don't, the experience will die on the vine. I've seen it die on the vine for people when they didn't want to take responsibility for their response to their experience, good, bad, or indifferent. When they didn't want to live with those new insights and make them 3D. Some people at that point, they become blamey. They make their inability to transform my fault. Or think it's some shortcoming of the experience. But the reality is, 
is everybody's response to expanded awareness of who they are is their own responsibility. And the effectiveness of the experience is going to be determined by the strength with which with they implement changes with that new information. Nobody's randomly going to be transformed by psychedelics. It's a very dangerous expectation to think that you're not going to have to fight for hard-won new changes in your life. And if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to make that commitment, then the transformation can be startling and life-changing. This has been an episode that I've been thinking about for a long time, and um, it's a little stern. It's a little Saturnian. It's a little... Um, maybe recalcitrant, but I think that there's got to be some pushback against the mushy-headedness in the psychedelic world. There's got to be some pushback in the, the stupidity that's in it. Because a lot of people are going to be disappointed. I already meet a lot of those people who are disappointed because these people use ketamine because that's a new legal psychedelic. And they go and they get intravenous ketamine and they listen to music for 15 minutes and nothing changes. And the more people believe that it's a passive transformation, the less effective it's going to be and the less helpful it's going to be and the fewer people that are going to benefit. So this is Robert Mitchell at High Tide in the Dreamtime. You can check me out at www.goingquantum.org. And also, um, I know I have a lot of listeners because I see the numbers. If you want to leave a review at um, podcasts on Apple or Apple Podcasts, that would help generate uh, traffic to to the podcast. And I've got a lot more listeners than I have reviews. And so I'd appreciate that since I do this for free. Um, If somebody would, some, some of you guys might make that effort if you enjoy the podcast. All right. Uh, I hope you guys are well. And I look forward to speaking to you soon. Bye.